Hey, everybody, what's up? I'm Sarah the Rebel. And I'm Misfits Tamara. Whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> and this is Women Wrestling Friends. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, hey guys, this is a this is Women Wrestling Friends podcast. It's a it's a show about wrestling uh, and women who like wrestling and friends, and uh, that's what it be's about. And we watch wrestling and we talk about it. So cool! It's magical, really magical. It's the most magical. Um, and we have no guests this week, uh, but Sarah is with us, uh, so we always like that. And uh, we're going to talk about us yes. speaking out. Yes. Yes. Speaking out uh, recently, the the controversies with ACH and with um, Kelly Klein, I have some inside information on both of those things. So I thought, why don't we talk about it with people who um, folks who might not know that much about how it works in the wrestling industry, um, how pay works, how speaking out works, how contract works. So we're going to kind of just take a little dive into that. But first, if you are joining us for the first time or repeatedly because we hope you like us enough to keep listening um we're going to pass you this digital collection plate um and if you could perhaps leave us a five-star rating up there on itunes and or go to uh ko-fi.com slash sarah the rebel and and throw three three bucks or you know if you want to throw us more too we we would appreciate that as well um yeah change throw some money in a thing change change throw some money in a thing first time you gotta give us five stars <laughs> We should just, that's another thing. So uh, on top of our imaginary t-shirt list um, covers about giving us ratings and money. That's the next thing. Yeah. One day get this album popping off, y'all. I know. Because tomorrow I can actually sing. Oh. Well, and I can, I can fake like I can <laughs> you can. You can rap. You can rap sing. I can. I can rap on it. Yeah, you can. <laughs> I'll be the job rule of this generation. <laughs> Sarah, holla, holla. Um. <laughs> Okay. All right. We're back on top. Okay. Sure. Uh, so yeah, that's the important stuff. So we're going to just jump in here. Um, so we're going to open it up because I feel like people don't quite get how being working as a wrestler works. I know that people are talking about it more, but like the general most basic thing of, well, if it's so bad, then why aren't people talking about it more? Well, right. just like pretty much every other yeah. industry, uh, there are a lot of things that keep you silent. Right. Um, for example, the wrestling is still very much a word of mouth industry, right? Kind of like acting, like how so many actresses were blackballed throughout their careers just for simply saying, no, I don't want to have sex with you. Mm -hmm. uh, a similar thing happens in wrestling, which is if you won't do something, the prevailing um, thought among promoters is, well, I've got three guys in the back who want your spot. And this has been a part of the wrestling um, culture for decades and decades. Anytime some, I mean, WWE, of course, most most well-known for doing this. If you don't want to play by our rules, if something bothers you, if you want to be offended by something, then get out of here because you're so easily replaceable. Mm -hmm. And um, so this is still going on today. And so a lot of wrestlers won't speak up because they feel, and, and fans will even say this to them, that they should just be happy that they're in the privileged positions they're in. If they're working for one of the big companies or if they're working for WWE, you're lucky enough to be there. So why are you complaining is kind of the mindset. And I think that people don't like it's, it seems like it's glamorous in comparison to anything else. You know what I mean? You're in the costumes, you're doing the shows and it's like, you know, as a, entertainment journalists people are like oh you know like i'll be like oh yeah i interviewed so and so sometimes they're like oh so fancy i'm like dude it was like in a dark room in a 
you know, hotel somewhere where you get like six minutes with seven other people and they just kind of roll them through. So it's not like I'm making friends with everybody as they come here. These are not like one-on-ones. It's like a cattle thing. Um, there are other really cool parts about it, but like the reality of it is not like as fancy and as glamorous as people would think even. And you would think that in a business where you get bloodied and hit with chairs and all this stuff, people would have a better sense of that. Cause it's like very physically demanding, but that's not the case. It, it's so interesting. People who are really, really good at flipping can make more money as an acrobat in a show. Um, people who are really, really good at falling can make more money as a person mm-hmm. doing TV film. Uh, there's not that much money in wrestling unless you become like, you know, the John Cena levels of wrestling. Mm-hmm. You generally will make more money doing a, a sit down at home job. And then on top of that, you're an independent contractor. Um, you're driving everywhere. And they're not paying for your food. Yeah, you can write off a lot of stuff on your taxes. But like anybody who's ever been a contractor can tell you like, it's not that much yeah. <laughs> that you're and only saving. helps it's really just so much break even. Yeah. And like, like and you don't have insurance, um, which you need, or you don't have like right. fancy corporation insurance, you know what I mean? And some people make in that line of you you make too much to be on like Medica uh, Medi-Cal or whatever it is. Um, but you don't make enough to have decent insurance. Right. I mean, even going to Planned Parenthood. They look at how much you make a month, you yeah. know? So it's just them being independent contractors puts them in a shitty position. Them being so many people wanting to be wrestlers puts them in a pretty shitty position because again, I'll use WWE as the example, but they will gladly put somebody with no training, but a nice look, Lacey Evans mm-hmm. on TV. I'm just kidding. She's had training, but she's garbage, right? Yeah. They don't care. They will put her on TV um, over you. So like they really don't, you know, need to deal with anyone who's, who's making themselves a problem or who's speaking out or speaking up. They don't, they don't need you. Mm-mm. They really, yeah. And it's, it's fascinating just how poorly people are treated in plain view. You know what I mean? Like, and that nobody catches on or like a lot of people don't catch on to it. Like how many, and it, it, I don't know. Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, how many wrestlers did you, like, really like that were getting a push that all of a sudden disappeared? Probably because somebody said something to somebody in the back that they didn't appreciate and they snitched on them. And so now they're getting buried on main event or dark matches and you just don't see them on TV for six months. I was going to say, I think that fans almost feed into that because of the whole victim blaming attitude. Mm-hmm. The, um, you know, the and also jealousy. Like, mm. this sounds terrible to say. I am a fan, too. Everybody listening. So, like, don't take this as, like, me attacking fans from a wrestler perspective. I'm attacking fans as a fan. Um, it's very easy to be jealous of what somebody else has. We see that same way people think about actresses and actors and famous musicians when they're getting stalked and harassed. What do most people say? They're like, oh, well, it comes with the job. You should have been prepared for it, blah, blah, blah. It's the same thought process when they look at wrestlers. They have very little sympathy for uh, wrestlers who want to have a safe working environment, they're basically like, no, screw you. You get to be a wrestler. Um, you don't get to have a safe life and you don't get to have yeah. comfort and you don't get to not be harassed. Which is not great. Um, I do think, so do you think that the ability for more marginalized people to who, you know, quote unquote, internet outrage, like, do you think that actually is helping turn the tide? Um to supporting wrestlers more and and they're sort of and, they're, and being able to like I don't know pay for food and stuff 
I think that if John Oliver's piece didn't create change, I kind of don't know what would. Mm-hmm. Because it was so far-reaching, everybody saw it. People who'd never heard of wrestling were telling me about it whenever I'd bring up that I was a wrestler. Um, so many people saw it, and it was very strongly pointed at the WWE, and literally no positive changes come of it. No wrestlers have stood together and say, yes, we have to have a union. Like no- Nothing came of that. And I think it, if you have something that entertaining and informational that everyone saw, and even that couldn't make a change... I question other types of change. And and I think that the internet is great because it's helping wrestlers do Patreons and do Cameo and do all these other things where they can make money on the side. But I don't think it really helps them. Um, it, like, for example, at the WWE, it might have more of an effect at, like, Ring of Honor. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll talk about that. But, but for WWE, I think, you know, the fact that so many people can speak out about them going to Saudi Arabia and they still go, like, they yeah. just really don't. <laughs> yeah, it's I mean, it's wrestling as a system is kind of an, it's an oligarchy, you know, what I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a monopoly. It's WWE and then everybody else. And as long as they, you know, sit on the top of that mountain and get the lion's share of like money for stuff, they're not going to be inclined to change. Now, this might be different for when Vince eventually dies, unless he comes back 15 times like the emperor in Star Wars. Um that when maybe when Triple H is super in charge of everything, maybe that stuff changes. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. But you know, I think the the bigger uh, oh, what were you gonna say? Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say the bigger I think the bigger thing, I mean, again, we have to point to AEW because it even though it does not have the same like a long running, you know, uh, cash cachet or or um, you know, no brand name value it is doing a bunch of stuff that they should be doing. You know what I mean? Like they haven't, the wrestlers are employees. As far as I know, they have insurance. They have like just the basic shit that you should have working for someone that much. You know what I mean? And they let their wrestlers also go to other, um, other promotions. So it's not like they're monopolizing all their time all the time and also not giving them enough pay and also not giving them insurance. They're at least giving them like the fucking basic shit, which I know we're not supposed to applaud people for just doing the bare minimum, but at this point, we have to. <laughs> now we know from what Brandy said about um, the women will be paid per their experience instead of you know men and women being paid differently. Um, now that we know more information about Ring of Honor, we can understand why she said that. And so, do we want to hop into the the Kelly Klein controversy? Yeah, let's go there. Um, do you want to explain what happened? Sure. So um, Joey Mercury basically left Ring of Honor and he um, on the way out just told like all this information that according to contracts, you should never say. I mean, look, me and Tamara talk shit about Loot Crate all the time. We signed that contract, you know. Yeah, come for me. Come for me. (laughs) Come for me. (laughs) Feel that way. (laughs) Uh, Um, So basically, Gillibrand, I don't ever remember how to say his name. I don't think I've ever heard it out loud. Mm. But dude over there is is mad wild and they don't have um concussion safety protocols there's a lot of questions about how their medical works um for example i think flip gordon i think it was flip who had an injury and like brody king had to help him put his elbow back into place or something like that um and the women were originally paid an atrocious amount that i don't know if i can say um and now kelly klein asked to be paid Twenty-four thousand a year, 
um, which, you know, you, I'm pretty sure you can make more than that at an entry level at almost any job. Yep. Um, and that's all she asked for. And she was told basically no, when the women's wrestlers start um, performing better as a division, then they can have more. Um, the a number that all of the women started off getting paid a year is um, definitely below minimum wage. Mm-hmm. And knowing people, I know several salaries in Ring of Honor. And let me just say that she's not exaggerating or making a fuss. It's not that everyone isn't getting paid a living wage. The men are getting paid a living wage. Even the new guys who are coming in who haven't had as much experience in Ring of Honor are getting paid a living wage. It's the women who are not getting paid a living wage. So she's not exaggerating. She's not overreacting. Like uh, It's actually targeted at the women of the company because they're seen as, as not as important and not uh, deserving of being paid that well. And this is, I, to me, this is a trickle down of generally the I, if you can only have if you only have one women's match in a two hour span or per hour and like one of them's six minutes long and the other one's a squash match, even though you have 40 women or 30 women on your roster at WWE, then you are sending the message that you don't give a shit and then nobody else gives a shit. And it all trickles down to these everyday promotion, these, these you know, the regular level kind of promotions that aren't super huge but are local and you know they don't give a fuck either and and it's exhausting (laughs) to have to talk about this for every single industry but we have to because we can't just say it generally because people will be like oh well this doesn't matter whatever whatever but like literally we have to bring this up for every single industry because it's true in every single industry you're going to pay women less even though they're putting in the same work uh, they're putting going through the same danger as everybody else. They wrestle dudes half the time. So it's not like they're even wrestling anybody different or lighter or whatever. Have you ever been punched by a woman who's been trained to punch people? It fucking sucks. It's not like it's going to be any you know lighter if you get punched by a woman versus a dude. If a woman knows how to punch you, she's going to punch, punch the shit out of you. So it's not like it's you know, everyone's getting chops. Everyone's getting suplexed onto the, you know, the ground. Everyone's doing all this kind of stuff. So why are not that, why aren't they getting paid the same? That doesn't even make any sense. And what even makes less sense is supposedly in our system of capitalism, the thing that is more rare, um, Mm. and should be, should be more, right? right? So, okay, there are less women available to wrestle. So all women should be paid more. This works at the very, very basic level at like in Los Angeles, for mm-hmm. example, a woman who starts off will in wrestling will probably make more money than a rookie, the same um, who's been wrestling the same amount of time as her. But generally, once you get past those first five or six years, suddenly women are worth less. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, how does this happen? Because the first way is the way it's supposed to work is that because we're more rare and it's harder to find women, we get paid more. I mean, that might be shitty, right? But like, it is a fact that it's more rare to find women willing to go yeah. through the bullshit that is wrestling. And it's a competition. So, how come, so like they're right, trying to pay you more so you don't go wrestle across the street. Right. And so it's really interesting and strange that that doesn't go all the way, you know, like it, mm. it stops pretty much at a certain point. Um, and men are just generally valued more. Male wrestlers are just valued more. I mean, look at championship wrestling from Hollywood. I'm going to call them out because they don't ever listen to shit. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> 
If you look at the caliber of the young men wrestling there and how quickly they are elevated and allowed to to have real storylines and to do things compared to the young women there, they are absolutely being held to a different standard. The Mm. women are bad from the get-go, and whereas the younger dudes are seen as, oh, they're rookies, they've got some stuff to learn and to improve. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, they're both rookies. It doesn't matter if one's a female, one's a male, like the they both need that time and, and need to improve. And you can really see it in certain companies that they don't care. Now, opposite of that, I went to Ohio Valley Wrestling uh, last week, and it was very, very obvious that they had a lack of women, yes, because they, you know, they don't have that many women that come there that train. But the way they treated the women there, just the same way they were treating the guys. They got the women got notes. The women got you know advice. The women got um, feedback. They got nurtured, mm-hmm. you know, in the same way that the guys were. And it was really beautiful to see. To be perfectly honest. All right, shout out to them. We endorse them. Come through. Watch all their stuff. Pay for their yeah. I'm not saying. And, and again, again, they're a place that can always have two women's matches on the card simply because they don't have the women available. But yeah. like they make effort, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I think it's and it's different from like you know. There are less women wrestlers. WWE is signing a fuck ton of them so they don't go on AEW and like all that kind of stuff. So there is a scarcity of product. But also, if you're hoarding all the women on uh, women wrestlers, you should, I don't know, use them. You should put them places and stuff. And uh, I don't know. Definitely. Maybe put them on TV because you're paying them to maybe be on TV. Um, Yeah, I just. You know, shots, Indy and Scarlet were all just signed. And I can't help but look at that and go, you know okay, where are they going to go? Is it another Mae Young Classic coming up? Is that why? And if it is, then again, I bet you we're not going to see them for months. Nope. Um, we're going to just see them know, on like, the thing. I'm happy for them. Yeah. Right. I'm happy for them, though, because they all will get paid a better salary at WWE starting off than they would have at other places. But still, like you said, there's going to be even less women. So why, again, are we paying the good women you know, less than 24000 a year to be on just one wrestling company mm. and to not get all of their profits from their um, from their merch, yep. to not get all of the profits from their signings, but to be expected to do all of this stuff. And when they leave, that company will still be able to sell products with their likeness and make the money off of it. Yep. Yeah, it's crazy. And I think, like, and not only is it bullshit that, like, rookies... Uh, are not treated the same. And then like you're saying, there's that plateau. <clears throat> Once five or six years happens, female wrestlers, a lot of the the prominent ones are like super, super popular. So you should also be paying them because they are super, super, their names, they're at like legitimate names now. And if you're not paying them the same as any other name, you know, on your, if you're, if you're giving them a bigger picture on that nice face collage poster that you made, that means you should be paying them more. Yeah. And also let's look at social media following, which really is a big indicator of success nowadays. It's just a fact. I mean, look at Joey Ryan. Mm-hmm. He has the number four YouTube channel, wrestling channel period. And that's because he was able to kind of get this social media following to really get behind him. Well, we look at Kelly Klein's social media following, and then we can look at the social media following of several people who are recently signed to ring of honor. She's blown them out of the water. Mm-hmm. So she, she has so much to offer besides just her wrestling. It really is bonkers that they don't think someone like her is worth paying 30000 a year. I mean, geez. I know. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like- Especially because it's like you, 
you want to have your, you know, women of honor pay-per-views and you want to have your whole show ticket and then you're going to pay like literally everybody a fraction than you do as the other one. But I'm pretty sure you're charging the same amount for both pay-per-views. So what the fuck? Yeah, it's definitely. <clears throat> so anyway, we're on our side. We hope more people will tweet out and show support for her. And hopefully she doesn't see the repercussions of this because, of course, Ring of Honor can just fire her. Yeah. They haven't really spoken out publicly, like <clears throat> really trying to say that they're going to work on anything or anything like that that I've seen unless they did it today. Um, they even posted a picture like, oh, this is the family. And it didn't have Kelly in, in that picture. Mm-hmm. So I I think she's right to speak out on Twitter because what what else is she going to do at this point? You know what I mean? Yeah. And it might even give her enough attention that someone better could come and pick her up like impact. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that if there's they're even better, which we don't know. <laughs> and, yeah. And like, as, as we see in a lot of cases, regardless of whether you're silent or you make it public, you're still going to get re- repercussions anyway. So at this point you might as well just say it out loud, you know, like they're probably, they're probably going to start like burying her in the, the, the card anyway. So you might as well, like you said, try to get somebody better to come along. Hopefully, hopefully. Um, so yeah, speaking of the internet and stuff that we found out on the internet this week, uh, Hey guys, do you like t-shirts? Um, <laughs> do you like t-shirts that remind you of fucking racist ass Sambo imagery? Because if we do, WWE had a shirt for you for a hot second. Um, would you like to get deeper into the ACH, uh, Jordan Miles business, Sarah? Yes. So ACH is Jordan Miles on WWE. Sorry that I'm call- I'm going- probably going to call him ACH several times because that's how I knew him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I-, I don't watch NXT, so I haven't like gotten used to calling him Jordan Miles yet. But mm-hmm. um, he, this is a guy who has a shirt that says like "fuck racism, watch wrestling." Okay, so he's already very militantly pro-black, very outspoken about that. They gave him that shirt. And first of all, it was weird because why even bother making a shirt if it's going to be that fucking ugly? Like, first and foremost, taking all the connotation mm-hmm. out of it. If you're just going to put somebody's fucking name on a shirt, like, go fuck yourself, for real. Um, and I have, I don't just feel that way about WWE. I feel that way about a lot of places. So they made this shirt. It definitely had racist tones. And they tried to fire back. WWE said, well, actually, Jordan Miles approved this. And so he fired back and said, I was pressured. And kind of told like, oh, well, Triple H likes this. Why don't you like it kind of deal? And we've all felt that pressure to shut up and do what we're told. So I absolutely believe him that that happened, that he felt like he had to say, okay, or maybe he wouldn't get a shirt. Because one time I worked at a company that said, hey, WWE, this thing you made is inappropriate and racist. And the answer was, take it or you don't get anything. Yep. It's always, so I yeah. absolutely. Sorry, so I was going to say, y'all could figure out what that was. So I absolutely believe that they could do a similar tactic with him where he didn't feel like he could say no to the shirt. Mm-hmm. And then the more he thought about it and the more he saw that shirt, it just really bothered his heart. And then he spoke back up and got it taken down. Now. I will say this about him. He's not one of my favorite real life people. That's not his fault. People don't get along with me. I don't get along with them. That's whatever. But he had a good thing going. He was like, you know what? Let's use this. Let's use it to start a movement to really talk about black wrestlers. But then he kind of hopped off the rails and just started attacking people like Jay Lethal. Um, Getting all wild and rowdy. 
So I can't stand ACH still, but <laughs> I think the movement that he created for the culture is the hashtag um, is still very meaningful. And to see so many people of all different races um, change their profile image to black and white to support it and to show that we are ready for a time where black wrestlers are, are not treated as, um, you know, second class citizens, mm-hmm. uh, then, you know, that, that was pretty cool to see. But yeah, basically the question with this one is what did, what did he do? Did it help? That's should he have spoken up? Mm-hmm. And I think those are all different answers. What are your thoughts on it? Tomorrow? Well, like you said, that shirt was ugly. First of all, um, I, I have watched NXT. I've not seen him yet. I don't think on the episodes because I'm not watching like every single episode right now. Um, but for what I understand, his gimmick is not something smiley. So why no, would you? That way. <laughs> yeah. So why would you go with that weird toothy thing? And why would you go with those colors? And like, just uh, there's a lot of whys that went in there. And like, did Triple H really like that shirt? Because that's that's a real ugly shirt. And I have questions because his suits seem nice. So I don't understand why he would like such an ugly shirt. Um, he should have some sort of sense of like, I don't know, graphic style thoughts or, but you know, was it Triple H who liked that shirt or did Vince be like, Hey, uh, this reminds me of Piccaninnies. Let's put this on a t-shirt. Who knows? Um, so yeah. So first of all, that t-shirt is garbage. It did look racist when I saw it the first time, because when I saw it on my Twitter feed, it just was a t-shirt and I didn't like, I, you know what I mean? Like it was somebody talking about the shirt, but I, I, without context, but I just was like, oh, and I was like, oh, racist. Like, what the fuck is this? You know what I mean? Like it had that like bleh, to it. Um, I think it's hard because anytime anybody speaks up about something, there's always a wave of fuck faces that want to sort of disprove it or shout it down or whatever. But I do think, I think it's helpful in a, in a macro sense, whether it actually does anything in the long run, I don't know, but I don't know that I feel like time is going to tell on that one and hope and, and hopefully he doesn't get punished and buried too, you know, just for saying, Hey, this shirt fucking sucks. And they're still doing racist stuff here. Not that we didn't know they're still doing racist stuff, Bobby Lashley. Um, mm-hmm. so, yeah. So I don't, it's just, it's, it's hard, but I think that, it's like, so a thing that a lot of people don't necessarily understand is how many, how microaggressions build up over time. And, you know, like I was on the Joko cruise, you know, last year and it was a week of like being around nerds who were, and then also the people who worked on the boat who are all saying stuff about my hair. And while it was complimentary, it was othering. So it was just basically a cruise full of microaggressions. So when I got off the cruise, I was like real, like, touchy um so that like and then like it's like um uh uh, was it uh saint patrick's day was like like a couple weeks later and some drunk dude outside of a bar kind of was like near me and i automatically was like backing up a couple steps because i was like i don't know what you're gonna do but it feels like you're gonna wild out he did wild out but it's that thing of microaggressions they build up to the point where the last one will make you explode. And while I think this is a little bit more of a more than a microaggression, it's kind of it's that thing where we know what it is and other people can't tell. You know? Right. So I I think that like all the people could look at that shirt and say, oh, this isn't racist or blah blah blah. It's like, uh mm-hmm. okay, well you experience and my experience very different. How about you shut the fuck up yeah. and learn? 
or like you're really pretty for a black girl like that's gross you guys may not think that it's gross but it's fucking gross so yeah it's that so yeah i just i feel like i i hope that it will have positive dividends i hope that the benefit of it will be them taking a secondary look at the way they do their their design work and to have like part of the biggest problem with WWE too is that they have such a lack of diversity from the decision makers, which is again, also almost every other industry that there's no one there that will really be able to tell you like, Hey, Hey, you know, the shit that you're doing that you think is real cool, feels real racist, bro. And have them actually listen. Because I also know there are places where people will say that and they don't listen. So I don't know. I, I, I'm, I, I don't think know. You're, Wonderfully optimistic as always. Yeah. Um, I don't think any of that shit's going to happen. But I do agree with what you just said. I think both Ring of Honor and WWE need more women and more people of color in positions of power and in positions of authority who can say this. Because at that company we talked about, mm-hmm. where we did receive this product, the two people in charge were a black man and a woman. And they both, and that woman just happened to be married to a black man as mm-hmm. well. And so they were both very cognizant of things that could be an issue. We also had. Uh, I remember another time we had a design come through and everyone loved it. And an Asian woman on the team was like, oh, did you know that this symbol you're using is actually incredibly racist to Koreans? Like, that's something you don't know if you don't have anybody from that culture on the team um, or if you don't just already happen to know it. So these all of these companies really could benefit top down having more uh people than just fucking old white folks on mm-hmm. their goddamn team mm-hmm. and old white ladies who will just agree to whatever the old white folks say <laughs> i know you out there linda you bitch um get get it together but Rebecca. i don't think that anything good will come of this except on the indie level i think the indies will use this momentum to create some awesome all black cards and all black promotions for a little bit i think wwe will continue to bury uh, Jordan Miles, because he did come out once. He had a match with, uh, was it Adam Cole, I think? Mm-hmm. And then he hasn't been since. This may have been very smart for him to do because now he's a name again. People know who he is. People are hearing about the controversy. If they let him go, he could use this on the indie scene to get more money and to do more. So yeah. who knows how it's going to go? They might just hold him out of spite onto his contract. At least he'll get that money, though, while he's there. But like, yeah, yeah and I do, and I do think like, maybe he thought he was getting buried anyway so like between the like it's all like built up and it was like well they're not gonna really use me a lot this shirt is bullshit (laughs) like but i don't even know i i don't even know if it's even as calculated that like i really do think it just was a thing where i'm like you know what fuck this and they just decide to go and do it you know um because obviously i think if you want proof that microaggressions exist in the wwe I think all you have to do is pay attention to Big E. Have you ever noticed this about Big E? Yes. The motherfucker is <laughs> stressed and depressed all the time. <laughs> I just had to point that out. Sorry, yeah. before I forgot. Like, pay attention to the things Big E says and does. That man is under microaggression assault. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sorry. What were no, you his his Twitter feed is very illuminating, and you can always tell what's going on. Um and also watch them in the if they're ever in an audience perspective for something that's going on on a bigger level always watch them because you'll see what what's really going down backstage if you look at the new day and how they react to things i'm just hot tip hot tip for you guys hot tip um yeah i don't know like i just feel like uh yeah i feel like 
everyone should just get their shit together and stop being awful. Like, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know how else to say it. (laughs) (laughs) Nuggets of wisdom. (laughs) Just get your shit together. Um, Um, Yeah, it's so, okay. So all this garbage shit is happening. We already know that uh, Hulk Hogan busted up some unions and, um, or using unionizing attempts anyway. So, is new are our unions the answer? Is it just more like, hey, pay your motherfuckers like employees because they're very obviously employees? I mean, I feel like that's a very simple answer of yes. Like, I feel like yes, do all the things. I think that it needs to be one of the two things. I think if they're going to stay in contract, if the wrestling world is going to stay this way where people are under contract, then it needs to have a union and it needs to have, um, a whole system put in place where people can arbitrate and, and things can be brought somewhere like a better business bureau, that sort of thing. And if people don't want a union that bad, then we need to start pushing for wrestlers to be full-time employees instead of contract employees. There's really no reason that they aren't except that companies make more money off of them being stupid enough to agree to be contract employees. Like that's really like some people could say, oh, freedom this or do it. No, it's really not because you don't have freedom, especially if you work for WWE. You have to tweet a certain way. Your social media is under a lock half the time. Uh, you have to drive yourself places. You have to fly yourself places except on special occasions. Mm-hmm. Uh, you pay for your – like there's, there's no benefit from being a contractor with them. Like the, nor- in normal real life, the benefit of being a contractor is you have more flexibility and freedom. Mm-hmm. And that's it. They don't have that in wrestling. No. And I also think it's really weird that they call them contracts. Like when they have such a monopoly on their time, you know what I mean? Like there's no, I mean, I know we, at this point, I'm sure everybody who's listening has seen the John Oliver piece. If not, go watch it because it really lays it down a very succinct way. But it's like, like you're saying, it's like, it's not just the time that you're there. It's your travel time. It's your, you know, practice time. It's your workouts. That's the workouts are part of your job. You know, like what else are you going to do? And WWE doesn't let you go to other promotions like AEW does or pretty much every other televised place. Like impact lets you go to other places. Um, while lets you go to other places. So it's not like, you know, it's not like you can even make extra money from it. Um, wow. Isn't a full-time thing. We tend to, we do tapings in a few periods of days, but the person who runs wow has made it, very clear that if we ever got to the point where we could afford to be the kind of company that like impact or ring of honor is where everyone is kind of going to on tour and there's lots of shows that people would be paid a living wage like that's one of their goals and it's also the reason why we are not forbidden from going to so many other places is because they're not paying us a living wage they think it would be wrong of them to do that like it's literally they made a moral choice at wow integrity what take moral security they were like it's not right if we're not paying you this full amount like yes in the contract it's like hey don't work the newer contract is like hey don't work for these places unless you ask us first but like i think that's kind of reasonable though they're not saying like you can't work there at all they're just saying hey talk to us first i think that's decently reasonable so you know if it's a couple of places i i feel like that's reasonable in the contracts that we sign can be ended by either party with a certain amount of notice like so it's not like i'm signed into a two-year contract where i absolutely if if 
you know, David McLean says, Sarah, you can't work for AEW. Oh, no. Well, for two years, I can't work for AEW. Literally, what could happen? And I wouldn't do this because I'd be perfectly honest. I love working at WOW. If I was like, I want to work at AEW and he said, no, I could end my contract in two months and go there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's like a company that just cares enough about its contractor. If you're going to have contractors, right, at least care about them enough to try and make it so their lives aren't um, difficult. And part of that reason it's like that is because one of the top people at their company, Selena Majors, who has been a wrestler for decades, um, she is a, she's one of the top people at the company and she's able to bring the wrestler concerns and the wrestler lifestyle information to them. Hey, wrestlers need to make this much, much money on merch. Wrestlers need to be paid this much if you're going to have them only working here because this, that, and the third. Like she is, because she is, she was one of us, she is able to, um, what's that word when you, advocate for us you know and that's what these other companies seem to be missing so often is is a woman in a position of power who can say hey this shit ain't right Mm -hmm. shit ain't right and i also think it's like okay so there's certain cases where you're like okay so wow is the thing they they pay people decently well they know they're not paying people well enough they you know they're being very reasonable about the whole thing versus like wwe that has all the fucking money they have so much money to pay everybody properly would actually not be that bad. Like it wouldn't. Oh, so you're going to be like a hundred millionaire instead of a billionaire. Oh, you know, and that, and that's the problem with having shareholders. They really like we, what was it in the news? Like last year, I think it was American airlines. One of the airline companies like gave their employees a raise and shareholders fuck their shit up because of it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, Become a big company that huge that you no longer are able to have any sort of decency, and we have to stop expecting them to. And also, stop donating to their charitable shit. They are already donating to charity for tax reasons. Let them spend their billions of dollars. Donate to your own charities. <laughs> Don't yeah. give it to the Susan G. Komen bullshit that yeah. WWE is about. Please. Okay, so I. I have to talk about this because we brought it up just very briefly as a person who had worked in nonprofits. Susan G. Komen is a fucking bullshit organization. Uh, Fuck that lady. Fuck everybody who's involved with them. They barely put actual any money to people. I feel bad because there are like maybe, you know, there are some people that they've actually helped and I'm glad that they helped them and I'm glad that they're better. But as an organization, they, she skims off the top all the time. They, they, it's, there's all kinds they harass people when they talk out about it it's fucking terrible look them up it's all you know all articles all reputable information fuck them there's like 17 other cancer organizations that actually are even better and actually put all their money towards who they're supposed to go to and you should know that they're fucking shady because vince mcmahon likes them so much so fuck them very good point all of that is true Mm -hmm. co-sign gosh so angry so angry on a tuesday Angry on a Tuesday. <laughs> All right. So it's slightly shorter episode than normal this week uh, because we didn't have a guest to do the beginning uh, interview part. But we hope to have a guest on the next episode. Um, please remember, if you like what you heard, give us uh, give us those ratings. You can check us out on allgamesnetwork.com. Tamara, anything else to add? Um, everybody, uh, be nice to everybody else and try to have a lovely week putting that on a shirt too yeah all right guys you can find me everywhere at Sarah the rebel you can find me at misfits tomorrow mostly on the twitter and we're on twitter at women wrestling f and and we're gonna have We've been a, told our fun is yeah isn't, uh isn't easy to pick up on the microphone so i hope you the, hear us going f, 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 
Uh, and we'll probably have an Instagram soon, uh, assuming that I feel like managing it. Um, I barely manage my own. I'm going to be real honest with you guys. We want to bring you pictures and stuff, but you know, let's be real. I, I manage like four Instagram accounts. I'm not doing it. <laughs> no, no. I heard of this shit. It's, it's. All right, guys. <laughs> have a good week. Burr, 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 burr. Maybe our next episode should be about social media. All right, bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs>